Section 7 of Heart of the West. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gaby Cowan. Heart of the West by O. Henry. Section 7. Hygieia at the Solito. If you are knowing in the chronicles of the ring, you will recall to mind an event in the early nineties when for a minute and sundry odd seconds a champion and a good be faced each other on the alien side of an international river. So brief a conflict had rarely imposed upon the fair promise of true esport. The reporters made what they could of it but divested of padding the action was sadly fugacious the champion merely smote his victim turned his back upon him remarking i know what i done to that stiff and extended an arm like a ship's mast for his glove to be removed which accounts for a trainload of extremely disgusted gentlemen in an uproar of fancy vest and neck wear being spilled from their pullmans in san antonio in the early morning following the fight which also partly accounts for the unhappy predicament in which cricket maguire found himself as he tumbled from his car and sat upon the depot platform torn by a spam of that hollow racking cough so familiar to san antonian ears at that time in the uncertain light of dawn that way passed Curtis Radler, the Nueces County cattleman. May his shadow never measure under six foot two. The cattleman out this early to catch the southbound for his ranch station, stopped at the side of the distressed patron of a sport and spoke in the kindly drawl of his ilk and region. Got it pretty bad, bud? Cricket Maguire, ex-featherweight, prize-fighter, tout, jockey, follower of the ponies, all-round sport and manipulator of the gumballs and walnut shells, looked up pugnaciously at the imputation cast by Bot. One, he rasped, telegraph pole, I didn't ring for your. Another paroxysm wrung him and he leaned limply against a convenient baggage truck. Raidler waited patiently, glancing around at the white hats, short overcoats, and big cigars thronging the platform. You're from the north, ain't you, bud? He asked when the other was partially recovered. Come down to see the fight? Fight! snapped Maguire. Pass in the corner! That was a hypodermic injection, handed him just one like a skirt of dope. And he's asleep, and no tambark needed in front of his residence. Fight, he rattled a bit, coughed, and went on, hardly addressing the cattleman, but rather for the relief of voicing his troubles. No more that sure things for me, but Ross Sage himself would have snatched at it. Five to one that the boy from court good and state three rounds is what i invested in put my last cent on and could already smell the sawdust in that all-night joint 
of jimmy delaney's on thirty-seventh street i was going to buy and then say telegraph pole wadagasabu a guy is to put his whole roll on one turn of the gasabul zoom you're plenty right said the big cattleman more especially when you lose son you get up and light out for a hotel you got a mighty bad cough had it long longs said mcguire comprehensively i got it the croaker says i'll come to time for six months longer maybe a year if i hold my gate i wanted to settle down and take care of myself that's why i speculated on that five to one perhaps i had a thousand iron dollars saved up if i win i was going to buy the lanis cafe who'd have thought that steve could take a nap in the voice round say it's a hard deal commented Raidler, looking down at the diminutive form of mcguire crumpled against the truck but you go to a hotel and rest there is the manger and the maverick and and the fifth avenue and the waldorf astoria mimicked mcguire told you i went broke i'm on the bomb proper i got one dime left maybe a trip to europe or a sail in me private church could fix me up paper he flung his dime at a newsboy got his express propped his back against the truck and was at once wrapped in the account of his waterloo as expanded by the ingenious press curtis raidler interrogated an enormous gold watch and laid his hand on mcguire's shoulder come on bud he said we got three minutes to catch the train sarcasm seemed to be mcguire's bane you ain't seen me cashing any chips or coal a turn since i told you i was broke a minute ago have you friend chase yourself away you're going down to my ranch said the cattleman and still till you get well six months will fix you good as new he lifted my wire with one hand and half dragged him in the direction of the train what about the money said mcguire struggling weakly to escape money for what asked raidler puzzled they eyed each other not understanding for they touched only as the gear of belled cock wheels at right angles and moving upon different axes passengers on the southbound saw them seated together and wondered at the conflux of two such antipodes mcguire was five feet one with a countenance belonging to either yokohama or dublin bright betty of eye bony of cheek and jaw scarred toughened broken and reckoned indestructibly grisly gladiatorial as a hornet he was a type neither new nor unfamiliar raidler was the product of a different soil six feet two in height miles broad and no deeper than a crystal brook he represented the union of the west and south a few accurate pictures of his kind have been made for art galleries are so small and the mutoscope is as yet unknown in texas after all the only possible medium of portrayal of raidler's kind would be the fresco something high and simple and cool and unframed 
they were rolling southward on the international the timber was huddling into little dense green muds at rare distances before the inundation of the downright burnt prairies this was the land of the ranches the domain of the kings of the kind mcguire sat collapsed into his corner of seat receiving with acid suspicion the conversation of the cattleman was the game of this big geezer who was carrying him off altruism would have been mcguire's last guest he ain't no farmer thought the captive and he ain't no conman for sure what's his lay you trail ain't cricket and see how many cards he draws you're up against it anyhow you got a nickel and galloping consumption and you better lay low lay low and see what's his game at rincon a hundred miles from san antonio they left the train for a buckboard which was waiting there for Raidler. in this they travelled the thirty miles between the station and their destination if anything could this drive should have stirred the acrimonious maguire to a sense of his ransom they sped upon velvety wheels across an exhilarant savannah the pair of spanish ponies struck a nimble tireless trot which gave they occasionally relieved by a wild untrammelled gallop the air was wine and seltzer perfumed as they absorbed it with the delicate redolence of prairie flowers the road perished and the buckboard swam the uncharted billows of the grass itself steered by the practised hand of Raidler, to whom each tiny distant mud of trees was a sunboard each convulsion of the low hills a voucher of course and distance but maguire reclined upon his spine seeing nothing but a desert and receiving the cattleman's advances with sullen distrust what's he up to was the burden of his thoughts what a kind of a gold trick has the big guy got to sell mcguire was only applying the measure of the streets he had walked to a range bounded by the horizon and the fourth dimension a week before while riding the prairies Raidler had come upon a sick and weakling calf deserted and bowling without dismounting he had reached and slung the distressed bossy across his saddle and dropped it at the ranch for the boys to attend to it was impossible for mcguire to know or comprehend that in the eyes of the cattleman his case and that of the calf were identical in interest and demand upon his assistance a creature was ill and helpless he had the power to render aid these were the only postulates required for the cattleman to act they formed his system of logic and the most of his creed mcguire was the seventh invalid whom Raidler had picked up thus casually in san antonio where so many thousands go for the ozone that is said to linger about its contracted streets five of them had been guests of solito ranch until they had been able to live cured or better and exhausting the vocabulary of tearful gratitude one came too late but rested very comfortably at last under the ratama tree in the garden so then it was no surprise to the ranch hold 
when the buckboard spun the door and raidler took up his debile protege like a handful of rags and set him down upon the gallery mcguire looked upon things strange to him the ranch house was the best in the country it was built of brick hole one hundred miles by wagon but it was of but one story and its four rooms were completely encircled by a mud floor gallery the miscellaneous setting of horses dogs saddles wagons guns and cow-punchers paraphernalia oppressed the metropolitan eyes of the wrecked sportsman well here we are at home said raidler cheeringly it's a ho of a looking place said mcguire promptly and he rolled upon the gallery floor in a fit of coughing we'll try to make it comfortable for you buddy said the cattleman gently it ain't fine inside but it's the outdoors anyways that'll do you the most good this'll be your room in here anything we got you ask for it he led mcguire into the east room the floor was bare and clean white curtains waved in the gulf breeze through the open windows a big willow rocker two stray chairs a long table covered with newspapers pipes tobacco spurs and cartridges stood in the centre some well-mounted heads of deer and one of an enormous javali projected from the walls a wide cool cot bed stood in a corner nueces county people regarded this guest chamber as fit for a prince mcguire showed his eye teeth at it he took out his nickel and spun it up to the ceiling thought i was lying about the money did ya well you can fix me if you want her that's the last simoleon in the treasury who's going to pay the cattleman's clear gray eyes looked steadily from under his grisly brows into the huckleberry optics of his guest after a little he said simply and not ungraciously i'll be much obliged to you son if you won't mention money any more once was quite a plenty folks i ask to my ranch don't have to pay anything and they very scarcely ever offers it supper'll be ready in half an hour there is water in the pitcher and some cooler to drink in that red jar hanging on the gallery where's the bell asked mcguire looking about bell for what bell to ring for things i can't see here he exploded in a sudden weak fury i never asked you to bring me here i never held you up for a cent i never gave you a hard luck story till you ask me here i am fifty miles from a bell boy of a cocktail i'm sick i can't hustle gee but i am up against it mcguire fell upon the cot and sobbed shiveringly raidler went to the door and called a slender bright complexioned mexican youth about twenty came quickly raidler spoke to him in spanish hilario it is my mind that i promise you the position of vaquero on the san carlos range at the full rodeo si sí, senor such was your goodness listen this senorito is my friend 
is very sick place yourself at his side attend to his wants at all times have much patience and care with him and when he is well or and while he is well instead of vaquero i will make you mayordomo of the rancho de las piedras está bueno si si mil gracias señor hilario tried to kneel upon the floor in his gratitude but the cattleman kicked at him benevolently growling none of your opery house antiques now ten minutes later hilario came from maguire's room and stood before raidler the little señor he announced presents his compliments raidler credited hilario with the preliminary and desires some pounded ice one hot bath one gee's fest that the windows be all closed toast one shave one new yorker hero cigarettes and to send one telegram raidler took a quart bottle of whiskey from his medicine cabinet here take him this he said thus was instituted the reign of terror at the solito ranch for a few weeks maguire blustered and boasted and swaggered before the cow-punchers who rode in for miles around to see this latest importation of raidlers he was an absolutely new experience to them he explained to them all the intricate points of sparring and the tricks of training and defence he opened to their minds view all the indecorous life of a dagger after professional sports his jargon of slang was a continuous joy and surprise to them his gestures his strange poses his frank rivalry of tongue and principle fascinated them he was like a being from a new world strange to say this new world he had entered did not exist to him he was an utter egoist of bricks and mortar he had dropped out he felt into open space for a time and all it contained was an audience for his reminiscences neither the limitless freedom of the prairie days nor the grand hush of the close round spangled nights touched him all the hues of aurora could not win him from the pink pages of a sporting journal get something for nothing was his mission in life thirty-seventh street was his goal nearly two months after his arrival he began to complain that he felt worse it was then that he became the ranch incubus its harpy its old man of the sea he shut himself in his room like some venomous cobalt or flibberty gibbet whining complaining cursing accusing the keynote of his plaint was that he had been inveigled into a gina against his will that he was dying of neglect and lack of comfort with all his dire protestation of increasing illness to the eye of others he remained unchanged his current like eyes were as bright as diabolic as ever his voice was as rasping his cayuse face with a skin run tense and a drum head had no flesh to lose a flush on his prominent cheekbones each afternoon hinted that a clinical thermometer might have revealed a symptom and percussion might have established the fact that maguire was breathing with only one lung but his appearance remained the same 
In constant attendance upon him was Hilario, whom the coming reward of the majordomoship must have greatly stimulated, for Maguire chained him to a bitter existence. The heir, the man's only chance for life, he commanded to be kept out by closed windows and drawn curtains. The room was always blue and foul with cigarette smoke. Whosoever entered it must sit suffocating and listen to the imp's interminable gasconade concerning his scandalous career. The oddest thing of all was the relation existing between Maguire and his benefactor. The attitude of the invalid towards the cattleman was something like that of a peevish, perverse child toward an indulgent parent. When Raidler could leave the ranch, Maguire would fall into a fit of malevolent, silent soulness. When he returned, he would be met by a string of violently and stinging reproaches. Raidler's attitude toward his charge was quite inexplicable in its way. The cattleman seemed actually to assume and feel the character assigned to him by Maguire's intemperate accusations, the character of a tyrant and guilty oppressor. He seemed to have adopted the responsibility of the fellow's condition, and he always met his tirades with a pacific, patient, and even remorseful kindness that never altered. One day Raidler said to him, Try more air soon. You can have the buckboard and a driver every day if you'll go. Try a week or two in one of the cow camps. I'll fix you up plump comfortable. The ground and the air next to it. Them's the things to cure you. I know the man from Philadelphia, sicker than you are. Got lost on the Guadalupe and slept on the bare grass in sheep camps for two weeks. Well, sir, it started him getting well which he done close to the ground that's where the medicine in the air stays try a little horseback riding now there is a gentle pony what have i done to yer screamed maguire did i ever double cross yer did i ask you to bring me here drive me out to your camps if you want her or stick a knife in me and save trouble ride i can't lift my feet I couldn't sidestep a jab from a five-year-old kid. That's what your do ranch has done for me. There's nothing to eat, nothing to see, and nobody to talk to but a lot of Rubens who don't know a punching bag from a lobster salad. It's a lonesome place for certain, apologized Raidler abashedly. We got plenty, but it's rough enough. Anything you think if you want. The bolts right up and fetch it down for you. It was Chad Merkinson, a cowpuncher from the Circle Bar outfit, who first suggested that Maguire's illness was fraudulent. Chad had brought a basket of grapes for him thirty miles and four out of his way, tied to his saddle horn. After remaining in the smoke-tainted room for a while, he emerged and bluntly confided his suspicions to Raidler. His arm, said Chad, is harder than a diamond. He introduced me to what he called a short perplexus punch, and it was like being kicked twice by a mustang. He's playing it low down on you, Kurt. He ain't no sicker than I am. I hate to say it, 
but the runs work in you for range and shelter the cattleman's ingenuous mind refused to entertain chad's view of the case and when later he came to apply the test doubt entered not into his motives one day about noon two men drove up to the ranch alighted hitched and came in to dinner standing and general invitations being the custom of the country one of them was a great san antonio doctor whose costly services had been engaged by a wealthy cowman who had been laid low by an accidental bullet he was now being driven back to the station to take the train back to town after dinner Radler took him aside pushed a twenty-dollar bill against his hand and said doc there is a young chap in that room i guess has got a bad case of consumption i like you for to look him over and see just how bad he is and if we can do anything for him how much was that dinner i just ate mr Radler? said the doctor bluffly looking over his spectacles Radler returned the money to his pocket the doctor immediately entered maguire's room and the cattleman seated himself upon a heap of saddles on the gallery ready to reproach himself in the event the verdict should be unfavorable in ten minutes the doctor came briskly out your man he said promptly is as sound as a new dollar his lungs are better than mine respiration temperature and pulse normal chest expansion four inches not a sign of weakness anywhere of course i didn't examine for the bacillus but it isn't there you can put my name to the diagnosis even cigarettes and bile close room haven't hurt him coughs does he well you tell him it isn't necessary you ask if there's anything we could do for him well i advise you to set him digging post holes or breaking mustangs there's our team ready good day sir and like a puff of wholesome blustery wind the doctor was off radel reached out and plucked a leaf from a mesquite bush by the railing and began chewing it thoughtfully the branding season was at hand and the next morning ross hargis foreman of the outfit was mustering his force of some twenty-five men at the ranch ready to start for the san carlos range where the work was to begin by six o'clock the horses were all saddled the gruff wagon ready and the cow-punchers were swinging themselves upon their mounts when radler bade them wait a boy was bringing up an extra pony bridled and saddled to the gate Radler walked to Maguire's room and threw open the door. Maguire was lying on his cot, not yet dressed, smoking. Get up, said the cattleman, and his voice was clear and brassy, like a bugle. How's that? asked Maguire, a little startled. Get up and dress. I can't stand a rattlesnake, but I hate a liar. Do I have to tell you again? he caught maguire by the neck and stood him on the floor say friend cried maguire wildly are you buck house i'm sick see i'll croak if i got to hustle what i've done to jer he began his chronic whine 
I never asked yer to. Put on your clothes, called Raidler in a rising tone. Swearing, stumbling, shivering, keeping his amazed shining eyes upon the now menacing form of the aroused cattleman, McGuire managed to tumble into his clothes. Then Raidler took him by the collar and shoved him out and across the yard to the extra pony hitched at the gate. The cowpunchers lolled in their saddles, open-mouthed. "'Take this man,' said Raylor to Ross Hargis, "'and put him to work. Make him work hard, sleep hard, and eat hard. You boys know I done what I could for him, and he was welcome. Yesterday, the vexed doctor in San Antonio examined him, and says he's got the lungs of a burro, and the constitution of a steer. You know what to do with him, Ross.' Ross Hargis only smiled grimly. Ah, oh, said McGuire, looking intently at Trailer, with a peculiar expression upon his face. The crocket said I was all right, did he? Said I was faking, did he? You put him on to me. You thought I wasn't sick. You said I was a liar. Say, friend, I talk rough, I know, but I didn't mean most of it. You felt like I did. Oh. I forgot. I ain't sick, the croaker says. Well, friend, now I'll go work for yer. Here's where you play even. He sprang into the saddle, easily as a bird, got the quirt from the horn, and gave his pony a slash with it. Cricket, who once brought in good boy by a neck at Hawthorn and a ten to one shot, had his foot in the stirrups again. McGuire led the cavalcade as they dashed away from San Carlos, and the cowpunchers gave a yell of applause as they closed in behind his dust. But in less than a mile he had lagged to the rear, and was last man when they struck the patch of high chaparral below the horse pens. Behind a clump of these he drew rein and held a handkerchief to his mouth. He took it away drenched with bright arterial blood, and threw it carefully into a clump of prickly pear. Then he slashed with his squirt again, gasped, won to his astonished pony, and galloped after the gang. That night, Raidler received a message from his old home in Alabama. There had been a death in the family, an estate was to divide, and they called for him to come. Daylight found him in the buckboard, skimming the prairies for the station. It was two months before he returned. When he arrived at the ranch house, he found it well nigh deserted, save for Hilario, who acted as a kind of steward during his absence. Little by little the youth made him acquainted with the work done while he was away. The branding camp, he was informed, was still doing business, on account of many severe storms the cattle had been badly scattered and the branding had been accomplished but slowly the camp was now in the valley of the guadalupe twenty miles away by the way said raylor suddenly remembering that fellow i sent along with them mcguire is he working yet i do not know said hilario mans from the camp come very few times to the ranch so plenty work with the little calves they no say oh i think that fellow mcguire he died much time ago 
"Dead?" said Raidler. "What you talking about?" "Very sick fellow, McGuire," replied Ylario, with a shrug of his shoulder. "I think he no live one two month when you go away." "Shucks!" said Raidler. "He humbugged you, too, did he? The doctor examined him and said he was sound as a mesquite knot." "That doctor?" said Ylario, smiling. "He tell you so? That doctor no see McGuire." "Talk up!" ordered Raidler. "What the devil do you mean?" "McGuire," continued the boy tranquilly, "he gettin' drink water outside when that doctor come in room. That doctor take me and pound me all over here with his fingers, puttin' his hand to his chest. I know not for what. He put his ear here and here and here and listen. I no know for what. He pull little glass stick in my mouth. He feel my arm here. He made me count like whisper. So twenty, treinta, cuarenta. Who knows? Concluded Hilario with a deprecating spread of his hands. For what a doctor do those very droll and such like things? What horses are up? asked Raidler shortly. Paisano is grazing out behind the little corral, senor. Saddle him for me at once. Within a very few minutes the cattleman was mounted and away. Paisano, well named after that ungainly but swift running bird, struck into his long lobe that ate up the ground like a strip of macaroni. In two hours and a quarter, Raidler, from a gentle swell, saw the branding cap by a water hole in the Guadalupe. Sick with expectancy of the news he feared, he rode up, dismounted, and dropped Paisano's reins. So gentle was his heart that at that moment he would have pleaded guilty to the murder of Maguire. The only being in the camp was the cook, who was just arranging the hunks of barbecued beef and distributing the tin coffee cups for supper. Raidler evaded a direct question concerning the one subject in his mind. Everything all right in camp, Pete? He managed to inquire. So, so, said Pete conservatively. Grove came out twice, wind scattered the cattle, and we had to rake the brush for forty miles. I need a new coffee pot, and the mosquitoes is some more hellish than common. The boys all well? Pete was no optimist. Besides, Inquiries concerning the health of cowpunchers were not only superfluous, but bordered on flaccidity. It was not like the boss to make them. What's left of them don't miss no calls to grub, the cook conceded. What's left of them? repeated Raidler in a husky voice. Mechanically, he began to look around for McGuire's grave. He had in his mind a white slab such as he had seen in the Alabama churchyard, but immediately he knew that was foolish. Sure, said Pete, what's left? Cow camps change in two months, some's gone. Raidler nerved himself. That chap I sent along my wire, did he? Say, interrupted Pete, rising with a chunk of cornbread in each hand. That was a dirty shame, sending that poor sick kid to a cow camp. A doctor that couldn't tell he was graveyard meat ought to be skinned with a cinch buckle. Game as he was, too, 
It's a scandal among snakes. Let me tell you what he done. First night in camp, the boys started to initiate him in the leather breeches degree. Ross Hargis busted him one swipe with his chaparreras, and what do you reckon the poor child did? Got up, the little skitter, and licked Ross. Licked Ross Hargis, licked him good, hit him plenty and everywhere and hard. Ross just get up and pick out a fresh place to lay down on aging. Then, that Maguire goes off there and lays down with his head in the grass and bleeds. A hammerage, they calls it. He lays there eighteen hours by the watch, and they can watch him. Then, Ross Hargis, who loves any man who can lick him, goes to work and downs the doctor from the Greenland to Poland chimney. And him and Greenbrand Johnson, they gets Maguire into a tent and spells each other feeding him chopped raw meat and whiskey. But it looks like the kid ain't got no appetite to get well, for they misses him from the tent in the night and finds him rotting in the grass, and likewise a drizzle falling. One, he says, let me go and die like a wanter, he said. I was a liar and a fake and I was playing sick. Let me alone. Two weeks went on the cook. He laid around not noticing nobody, and then a sudden thunder filled the air and a score of galloping centaurs crashed through the brush into the camp. Illustrious rattlesnakes, exclaimed Pete, springing all ways at once. Here's the boys come, and I am assassinated man if supper ain't ready in three minutes. But Raidler saw only one thing. A little brown-faced grinning chap springing from his saddle in full light of the fire. My wire was not like that, and yet... In another instant the cattleman was holding him by the hand and shoulder. Son, son, how goes it? was all he found to say. Close to the ground, says you, shouted Maguire, crunching Raylor's fingers in a grip of steel, and that's where I found it, held and strength, and tumbled to what a cheap skate I've been acting. Thanks for kicking me out, old man, and say, the joke's on that croaker, ain't it? I look through the window and see him playing tag on that dago kid's solar plexus. You son of a tinker! growled the cattleman. Why you talk up and say that doctor never examined you? Ah, oh, one, said Maguire with a flash of his old asperity. Nobody can bluff me. You never asked me. You made your spile, and you trolled me out, and I let it go at that. And say, friend, this chasing cows it outer sight. This is the whitest bunch of sports I ever traveled with. You let me stay, one year, old man? Raider looked wonderingly toward Ross Hargis. That cuts little round, remarked Ross tenderly. Is the Joe Dartiness hustler and the hardest hitter in anybody's cow camp. End of section seven. Recorded by Gabby Cowan.